in india <coughs> people are familiar with the idea that at the birth of divine personalities the gods rejoice there are festivities in heaven man and nature thus cooperating heralding in heralding a unique event the relevant verse come down to us from very ancient times is modante pitaru nrityanti devataha sanatha cha iyam purbhavati narada bhakti sutra very famous book the ancestors rejoice the gods dance in joy and this world gets a savior it is said whilst all things were in quiet silence and night was in the midst of a swift course thine almighty word leapt down from heaven out of the royal throne leapt down when i first read that i thought that is what in hinduism also we believe about incarnation descend come down that is avatara the sanskrit word for incarnation is avatara avataranam means coming down so <clears throat> it happened at night shri krishna's birth was at midnight jesus's birth was at midnight all great things happen in silence shri ramakrishna says when a pot is being filled with a liquid it makes a gurgling sound or when a pot is dipped in water it makes a gurgling sound as long as it is not full once it is full there is silence in fullness there is silence and fullness comes to us in silence all great things happen silently all great people live silently they live they love and they leave suddenly as swami vivekananda says they they live they love and they leave in silence some christians do not accept this fact whether is to father and son being one or the son being created having been created by the father shri ramakrishna says <clears throat> when you go into the orchard if you are clever enough you pick the get as many fruit as possible and eat instead of that if you go on find, uh, trying to find out the number of trees there the number of leaves there the number of fruits there you will not be able to eat so why do you worry about whether the father created the son or the son came by himself keep your heart clean try to find them the father and the son or the father or the son in your heart that is what we have to do he is here in the silence of the heart in the darkness of our soul he is born he was not born in bethlehem he was not born in the middle east he is born in the heart of man when the heart of man is convulsed with the agony of this mortal life and cries out in desperation to the lord in heaven he makes himself known he does not have to come there he makes himself known he reveals himself that is what is meant by revelation or incarnation made to be known dr radhakrishnan in his introduction to the gita talks about this controversy of whether the father and son are one or the father created the son he says the view that finally prevailed was that the father and the son were equal and of the same substance they were however 
distinct persons ever made of the same substance i and my father in heaven are one that is advaita vedanta non dualistic vedanta according to us hindus i and my father in heaven are one where is heaven here in our heart when the heart is pure heaven opens and when the heart is filled with worry and agony and fear and anger there is hell we ourselves create heaven and hell in our heart it's up to us as to what we would choose to have so you cannot according to tradition you cannot equate the son with the father so the son always remained the son and he reveals himself to the innocent heart the questioning the inquiring the doubting heart can never see the lord samshayatma vinashyati shri krishna says in the bhagavad gita the doubting heart gets destroyed not that we should not question we should question reason about it what we hear and then come to a conclusion and then act upon that shravanam mananam nididhyasanam that's the way of spiritual life shravanam listening to mananam thinking over that pondering over that what you have heard nididhyasanam meditate and practice it is not academic knowledge it is practiced knowledge that is science religion is the greatest science it is not to be talked about you can read you can listen you can talk about it to remove your doubts and then practice it live it religion is to be lived many years ago when the great monk swami ranganathananda used to come in one of the homes it was a talk by him and when it was time for dinner everybody relaxed then one indian gentleman i don't know now who it was sitting near me because i had been invited to that house told me i have read the gita mataji as a reader gita is not to be read then what is it for i said to be lived oh i don't understand all that he was boasting that he had read the gita it's not a novel to read it once you study it and live it what's the sign that you have studied it it will come through every action or at least once in a while through your life that's called study it's not science physical science physical science stands apart from you the subject and the object remain separate one from the other whereas in religion you become one with that what you learn what you study what you understand you become one with that and slowly slowly all that you have understood oozes out through your talk walk and look it will take a long time but consciously we try to live unconsciously they will it will come out that's called religion so the lord reveals himself only to the innocent not to the calculating mind not to the cunning mind so who got the intimation first of the lord's arrival in human form on this earth the shepherds the innocent shepherds they were the children of the earth innocent shepherds completely original mother nature's own children uncontaminated by worldly craftiness or treachery they got the intimation about the great coming they couldn't believe they did not feel proud they did not boast about it to other people they were overawed seeing the fear in their eyes the angel pacified them fear not for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people this very day king david's hometown in king david's hometown bethlehem a savior was born for you look at the beauty of the message for you because only you people can see him can recognize him can understand him 
Others may see him, but they won't recognize. A Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. The poor shepherds were astonished. That still, they didn't say anything. They did not talk. They did not talk to each other even. They heard the angels singing, Praise God in heaven, peace be on earth to everyone who pleases God. Look. Peace be on earth to everyone who pleases God. The others may not, peace will come to them, but others may not realize it. They won't experience it. So the, the shepherds proceeded to the manger, saw the baby dressed in baby clothes, as the angels had said, and they told Mary what had happened. After eight days, the baby was named Jesus according to the law of Moses. We have got this system of naming children in India according to the star under which it's born, the day, according to the day. So also they had a, some kind of system. And as had been instructed by the angel before the conception to Mary. Now, I, by the age of 12, till the age of 12, the boy grew up as a carpenter's son. He did not show any extraordinary, extra or superhuman characteristics at all. At the age of 12, they all went for a pilgrimage. But then, in Jerusalem, after the Passover was over, the great function, the great festival, the parents started back for home. They always traveled in huge crowds. They never traveled alone because these were not very peaceful. So they did not see the child near them, close to them. They thought he was somewhere in the crowd. But after a long time, they found that the child was missing. For three days, they looked for him. They went back. And in the huge temple, among the big crowd, they looked, began to look for the little boy of 12. Then they saw him. A similar incident we see in the life of Sri Ramakrishna also. They, then they saw him in, seated, seated in a hall in the midst of great scholars and savants and discussing with them, very seriously sitting and then interrupting them in their discussion. It is not like that. It has to be clarifying their points when they came to any, any point where they couldn't, couldn't reach a judgment on their own conclusion, on their own, he butted in. What about thinking like this? They were astounded. This little boy of 12, clarifying points, which these great thinkers of many, many years could not understand or could not fathom. So they, when they, the parents saw the boy sitting there, they slowly came near him and whispered, what are you doing here? For three days we have been looking for you. This is not the place for you. Come with us. He exclaimed with great innocence, naivety and sincerity. How is it that you sought me? Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? Did they understand? Do you think they understood? They didn't. They quietly went home with the boy when, she, when he was ready. They waited for him. And when he was ready, they quietly went home. Again and again and again they must have pondered over what they heard. I don't think they understood. When he reached the age of 30, he heard of a strange personality who was proclaiming in unmistakable tones and language that the great saviour had come. It reached the years of Jesus also. He was by then a very mature young man. And that was John the Baptist. He used to baptize people, so he was called John the Baptist. He used to shout to the people, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Only those who feel compunction, for those who feel repentance in their heart and clean the heart of all the dross can see heaven, can enter heaven. According to us, heaven is here. 
when we have got all worldly ties and attachments and worries and anger and all those passions rising up within us when we look inside we see only hell misery but once the heart is clean and clear we feel free because we see heaven we see that wherever we go we carry heaven in our heart think of that wherever we go we carry heaven in our heart we don't have to look for it we carry it like a lamp which we carry with us to show us the way so the lamp goes first and shows us the way we don't hold the lamp behind us to to show us the way we hold it in front of us so the heaven's light which is within us it will come out and show us the way and solve all the problems so our duty is to clean the heart of all the dross which prevents the light from coming out so the repent ye that that can be had only through repentance what is repentance repentance is complete elimination of ego and practice of humility humility is not slavery humility only great people can have only great people can have humility they know that by bending their head in front of other people or to other people's or giving way to other people's opinions they are not going to be less any less at all there is a saying in in um, english that the the branch the bough of the tree which refuses to bend will break that which bends it will raise its head again pranadavin uchi sunichena chaitanya sings the name of hari can be sung the name of god can be sung only by a person who is pranadavin sunichena more humble than grass you walk over the grass it bends sometimes it breaks and once you pass on slowly it will try to raise its head and stand erect looking at the sun again somebody who passes over that the same thing happens it never admits defeat that is the beauty sometimes we trample over that and the grass is all gone but the root still remains there waiting for a proper chance to come up such such a heart has got the right to repeat the name of god says chaitanya so repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and he started a symbolic way of purification to give repentance to purify by using water which was not prevalent in uh, in that in those parts before but he said be careful i indeed baptize you with water into repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than i whose shoes i am not worthy to bear he shall ba- baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire i am washing you with water but he will baptize you with fire raise you up to higher regions to subtler regions to brighter regions that's what and, and all the dross in you will be burnt off i just wash it away i can do only that if you allow me but he will burn you so much that not only the the dross will be removed but all burnt away into finer material finer material so he will baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire Jesus heard about that this beautiful ceremony initiation in um, hinduism we call it initiation we do it with the help of a mantram but there it was being done in this way initiation into spiritual life so when jesus heard about that he thought he also should have a guru he should have a teacher and this man is the best he should not miss the chance so he also came and there john like a madman was baptizing everybody using he was standing in the water and baptizing everybody 
then slowly jesus came to him the wild ascetic celibate holy man refused to baptize him jesus stood before him and said sir please purify me john looked into his eyes his wild wild eyes looked into the sweet gentle smiling eyes of jesus who was pleading requesting him to baptize him so instead of complying with john the baptist request to baptize him jesus quietly said when when he came here near he john looked into his eyes and said it's not i that should baptize you you should baptize me but it was not yet time for jesus to reveal himself so he did not comply with the request of john and first said suffer it to be so now for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness now let it be so today it's not yet time it is not yet time to do for, for me to do anything he did not explain so much they understood they understood the code language so he said suffer it to be so now for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness writes matthew john exhorted those who were baptized to practice charity justice mercy and honesty these are the four things that with baptism john was exhorting people to practice kshama satyam damashyamaha in sanskrit these are the four kshama patience satyam truth dama self control of the mind shama of the body and shama self control of the mind but in course of time john spoke a little more than what he should have he condemned the king the emperor and some of the bad things which he did as many all the emperors and kings have done throughout life and today also but it it was a tyrannical rule and his talking about the king's misdeeds in public irritated the king and he was beheaded john died very peacefully perhaps he was happy to be relieved out of the cage of his body he didn't mind you you many of you may have heard of ramana maharshi ramana maharshi was asked one day what is death ramana maharshi said first understand what life is then you ask about death and in some other at time he he had said death death and life are just the same so somebody asked him if death and dying and living are just the same why don't you die so ramana maharshi said both are same so why should i change he changed to something different so for them it's all the same death is only for the body they remain on the highest pinnacle of deathlessness and look on look upon the panorama of this life as the changing scenes on the film they don't see anything different we the onlooker is the same the scenes change on the screen but we remain the same so also are they they look upon this all the scenes in the world as a non looker as an observer and that doesn't affect them so they are not worried about death they are not very very overjoyed with life both are just the same for them they are immortal jesus was arrested you know and then he was killed in india series of um, shows on sundays on the mahabharata then bhagavata and ramayana many of you may have watched all the scenes were shown on the television it then they wanted to make one on jesus 
And people enthusiastically and happily watched. When the last scene came, that he was crucified, it was a huge uproar from the people. What? Man killing God? That was what they asked. If man can kill God, then what is God? Why is God? To whom will we go? If you can kill God, to them, Jesus was God. And then man killing God. No, they, so then they were trying to find out some way of circumventing this problem. It is one of the greatest cornerstones of Christianity. Crucifixion. Without that, they cannot have Christianity. And I don't know how they solved it. Anyway, big controversy came up there. Man killing God. It can never be. He is still living. I was called to give a talk on Hinduism long ago, many years ago, 29 years ago, in some part of Sydney. It was in a missionary school. And towards the end, there were question answers. During the question answer time, some of you may have heard it from me. Uh, one teacher from the back asked me a question. How do you look upon... No, for first I asked you... Do you think Jesus was God? I said, what did you ask? Do you think Jesus was God? I said, Jesus was God. I said, Jesus is God. He is God. He is not was. He is always there. So when, when you stick to the words of the book, Jesus has died. And then come out again. For us, there is no dying and coming out. Jesus' real personality was not touched by the crucifixion. He was the same throughout. So there is no saying that Jesus was God, is God forever. It didn't start, it will, it will not end. That's why we say, God is infinite, God is eternal. There is no past tense, there is no future tense, it is the eternal present. So like all other teachers, instantly recognized his future torchbearers. If you study the lives of all the great incarnations, you will find that at one stage of their life, in the human form, they found out his followers, his disciples, who will be his torchbearers after their body was gone. Once clothed in human form, they all, Buddha, Sri Krishna, Jesus, Sri Ramakrishna, all of them, needed the company of like-minded people who would continue the mission they started. In the beginning, they were alone. But at some stage, they went around looking for people, like-minded people, who would understand them and who would carry the mission forward. So in, Buddha, in Buddhism, we hear the, the oath, the promise, the vow they take. Buddham sharanam gachami. Sangham sharanam, dharmam sharanam gachami. Sangham sharanam gachami. Buddham sharanam gachami, the person. I come to religion through that personality. But the personality that I know, the exterior person through whom I can understand and recognize Buddha, it will die. But Buddha's teachings and Buddha's real personality, the individual is gone. But the power of his personality will still remain. Through what? Through his dharma, through his teachings. The teachings are abstract. How can I understand these teachings? How can I understand that the teachings are worthwhile? Sangham sharanam gachami. Through the followers who lead the life, who lead, who live the ideals. So the vow that they take is buddham sharanam gachami, dharmam sharanam gachami, sangham sharanam gachami. Buddha, the individual, is gone. His teachings remain. But teachings are abstract and they are practiced 
through the sangha the organization his followers so buddha went and sought out his first five disciples shri krishna had uddhava arjuna vidura and many others shri ramakrishna cried out from Cal- in calcutta in the evenings after all his austerity and gathering of spiritual energy was spiritual power was over he was ready to dis- to disseminate them to deserving people and when arati was vesper service was going on in the temples he would climb on to the flat roof of the big bungalow in dakshineshwar temple and looking towards calcutta he would cry out i know there are sincere souls there my kindred please come i know you are looking for something i know you are looking for somebody i am here come on he just would talk into the air and slowly people began to come as soon as they entered the room he recognized them each one he had a vision of those who were to come the close disciples jesus also went around he went to the seaside and saw the fishermen and said follow me what confidence just unlettered ordinary clumsy looking rough looking fisherman peter was a huge man one and a half times the size of any one of you huge man very rough crude knowing only how to make catch fish and you know how they are he went to them and and said follow me i'll make you fishers of men they followed him and i used to wonder how much they understood fishers of men they understood there some something in his eyes must have mesmerized them they just went and through the contact of the teacher through his words they understood their hearts were clear remember like the shepherds the hearts of these fishermen were clean they had only thoughts of fishing and selling them no other craftiness so they straight away followed him so how pure clean keen and wise should they have been to understand the hidden message of the mission they were enigmatic words when i first read that i i just sat there and wondered they are enigmatic words this simple looking a simple fisherman how could they understand the depth of those simple words but they followed him and then one of them became the rock of the whole of his work he recognized he looked into their eyes and recognized this is mine this is mine this is mine not from the rich from the unlettered poor people he chose his disciples 12 of them gathered around him now who is this jesus matthew um, gospel says when jesus and his disciples were near the town of caesarea philippi he asked them what do people say about the son of man he didn't say son of god about the son of man the disciples answered some people say you are john the baptist or maybe elijah or jeremiah or some other prophet then jesus asked them what do you say i am simon peter spoke up you are the messiah the son of the living god not son of man the son of the living god look not son of god the son of the living god each word has got depths of meaning it's worthy of meditation then jesus told him simon son of jonah you are blessed you didn't discover this on your own it was shown to you by my father in heaven don't be proud because you were clean and your heart was open the truth was poured into it if you had ego as sri ramakrishna says when water falls 
If there is ego, then it's like a mound. The water that falls will not collect. If you are humble, then it is receptive. The, the grace of God will collect there. And then he said, so I'll call you Peter. I'll call you from now on Peter, which means rock. That's how he got the name. On this rock, I'll build my church. And death itself won't have any power over it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And God in heaven will allow whatever you allow on earth. But he won't allow anything that you don't allow. Then he told his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. One of the great things that he wanted people to have was faith. Have faith. Everything will happen in the world. And remember, faith is not blind faith. In English, we have got the term blind faith. According to us, followers of Sri Ramakrishna, there is no blind faith. Once you have got faith in something or someone, that is forever. I give the example of, say, say I went to see a doctor. Many of you have heard that. I went to see a doctor. I had some trouble. Before that, I had, be, I had seen some people, but it was not of any use. This particular doctor, there are doctors sitting here. This particular doctor cured me of that difficulty. I told one of my friends, because of that doctor, I am now well. Friends, friend asks me, what foolishness. Will anybody go to that doctor? He is useless. When even if the whole world says that that doctor is useless, I will not believe. Because I have faith in him. I trusted a friend <clears throat> who recommended that doctor. I put myself under his treatment, believing that doctor. And once I have been cured, that belief has been transformed into faith. Even if the whole world stands against him, my faith will not be shaken because it is practiced, experienced belief. So I, th I say, faith is belief seasoned by experience and reasoned by thinking. Sometimes we cannot experience things and we reason out. That's called mananam. You hear about something, think about it quite well. Bring all the contradictory ideas into the field. Make them strike one at one another. And then what comes out is your faith. Think well. Not because some great person has said you believe. That's foolishness. Don't believe because somebody great has, or so-called great has said. No. You have, should have experience in those places where you can't have experience, think well. And once it has become faith, never be shaken. So faith can never be blind faith. So Jesus says, you have to have faith. But for that, what can have we to acquire? In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Poor in spirit. Not poor outside. That poverty doesn't have anything to do with our <coughs> spiritual life. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Means, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Only in the pure heart can we see God. You know, in Hinduism, we have got one name of God, and that is Vishnu. Vishnu means the all-pervading. And we have got beautiful, colorful picture of, of Vishnu depicted by the great thinkers. Not the calendar picture, the picture that we can have in our heart. And what is that? Vishnu resides in the milky ocean. Have you ever heard of milky ocean? All oceans are salty oceans. So where is this milky ocean? Milky ocean is not outside. Milky ocean is here, the pure heart. So Vishnu resides in the pure heart. And Vishnu always lies. 
on ananta the serpent ananta ananta means endless the lord resides in the heart to eternity there is no end to his existence and he is all pervading if you want to have an interview with the all pervading lord look into your heart he is everywhere he is in this he is in you he is in the chair he is in the wall he is everywhere he is in this air but with these mortal eyes of ours we can't see him close the eye to the external world directed towards the heart and when the heart is clean and neat you will see him lying there in all his glory always there waiting for us to turn towards him so that's why he says the kingdom of god is within us atmavare drashtavyaha tamakrodu pashyati vita shoku thadu prasadan mahimanam atmanah divanashat say the heart the, the the abode of the lord is in the heart the pure in the heart can see him that is all we can do he is he who is humble and pure realizes the glory of the atman and becomes free from grief so he says be ye therefore perfect even as our father in heaven is perfect not as i am perfect he never says that he says i and my father in heaven are one but still he refers us all to the father in heaven holy mother used to do that whenever she gave any initiation she always used to say the, the master will protect you i am giving you offering you to the master so jesus also is saying as the father in heaven is perfect all perfection is in god jesus was not perfect that is why he had to give up his life nobody can kill god the absolute so in the second chapter of the bhagavad gita when arjuna is crying loudly i will be the cause for the massacre of these 3 million people i will not start the war then shri krishna smiles and says nayam hanti na hanyate it cannot be killed nobody can kill him that entity is in you remember that the body may fall down like the skin of a snake when it is useless it will fall down but the real entity in you nobody can kill it neither it can kill anybody so that is why the father in heaven is called perfect come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden i'll give you rest that much he says he does not ask us to go to the to the father in heaven we don't know heaven where heaven is and we don't know how he looks like if the father in heaven just walks in through the through the door just now when we are all sitting here we will show a chair please sit down who will recognize him we don't have the purity his purity we don't have the purity so we have to see him through the sun it's too dazzling the real picture of the lord is too dazzling and too subtle for us to grasp so we have to adulterate it a little with humanness and that's why the sun had to come i'll give you rest take my yoke upon you and lean on me say lean on me for i am meek and lowly in heart look i am meek and lowly in heart so you have to be like that for my yoke is easy my burden is light imitation of christ says is time prepare yourself to tolerate many adversities and every kind of discomfort in this miserable life if you want to live life properly be ready for all kinds of difficulties those who go try to get an easy life will end up in misery those who are ready to face misery will have an easy go for so it will be with you in any place you be change of place is not going to give you any better better life 
because yeah, some great soul has said, you change your place and you think that you will get a better life. Remember, you are going with your own same mind. The place around you is different, but you are, you are, you are carrying the same mind there also. And life is lived in the mind, not outside. So the same mind goes there also and sees the same things there. It is necessary, and thus truly will you find it wherever you hide yourself. It is necessary that it be so. There is no remedy against the tribulation of evils and suffering, but to bear them patiently. I think I'll stop. I told you about faith, one word more. He said, where there are three or more of people believing in me, I am present there. There will be one more person. A little boy was among other, other children who were given mangoes by the teacher and said, I don't have many. If people from the village see that, then I don't have any more mango to give them. So go to some place where nobody will see you and eat it. There were three or four boys. All ran into the wood. And hiding behind the trees, getting climbing onto the top of the trees, and there and here and there, they ate it. One boy came back with the mango. And the teacher asked him, why? Why didn't you eat that? I couldn't find a place where the, I was alone. What do you mean? God was everywhere. Wherever I, I went, he was there. I could not hide it from him. So I didn't eat. Take it back. You can't escape from him. He is there. So um, that is called Shraddha. Where three or four people talk about me, remember I am the fourth person there or the fifth person. I am there, remember. You can't hide anything from me. Also he said, faith. If you have got faith and you ask this mountain to move, it will move. But you must have faith. With faith if you do that, it will happen. Long ago, I am very old, so when I say long ago, it is really long ago. Long ago, I read a book on magic. How to practice, how to do magic. And in that, one simple experiment in the beginning was the second or third experiment was look at a small branch. It is turning to the left, turned to the left. I look at it and then tell, me, tell myself again and again and again and again that it is not turned turning to the left but to the right. Self-hypnotism. I say that again and again and again and uh, when I, I look, I see that it has, it is really turned uh, right till then I say that the bow will turn. That's the secret of magic. It has to happen. It is self-hypnotism. That's called faith. That's how the, these people do all kinds of magic. It will stay, the result will stay only for a short time, but it can be done. I have told you when we were children, magicians used to come to the school. They used to perform all sorts of things. We were all 9, 10, 11 years old. So we were three or four girls. We went to the mother and asked for four and as per head. Each person four and as. 700 girls in the hall. So the man must have got some money. When we asked for the money, a guest had come. So the auntie, uncle, mother, all of them had a conversation, discussion about what this magic was. And we overheard them saying, the magician gets control over the all the people in the room he can glance upon. And through the practice of long years, 
he has developed such will power and mental strength that he can make them all think what he wants them to think but the effect will be only for 5 minutes hearing this we went to school and from 2 o'clock magic show so we were all sitting there then we could see on the platform the magician asking a girl to go out and bring a glass a tumbler of sand tumbler transparent you can see that it was really sand so the girl brought this one glass of sand and he transferred that into another glass and we saw it coming down as milk then he threw it into our midst and it came down as biscuits small small we used to call them gem biscuits like gems small and one fell near me now intellectually i knew that it was sand the magician wanted me to see it as biscuit i was under his control so i was seeing it as biscuit the little mind had been briefed from home that sand does not change our seeing is changed so i knew it was sand and to test it i ate it knowing i was eating sand it will remain as sand in my stomach but i wanted to understand its taste it tasted beautifully like jam biscuit will power is such it can work miracles so it is self hypnotism sri swami vivekananda says think you are strong strong you will be think you are weak weak you will be thank you